0: Hello and welcome to the Arista Wealth Podcast, where we focus on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle, so you can focus on living your dreams. We'll help you navigate through important topics so that you can elevate your life and financial health. Let's get started with your host, Paul Moffat.
1: Welcome to Arista Wealth Podcast. We're very, very excited to have a prestigious and recognized guest today for our listeners. His name is Nathaniel Garrett. He's very, very driven in life. He has His book Dissects the A Core Factors, and he has won not two, not five, but 11 Book of the Year Award accolades. And so uh, we're excited. Welcome, Nathan Novosel to our uh, Aristo podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Nathaniel, give us a little background about yourself.
0: Sure so you know the story about my journey on to writing this book was actually when I was five my father disappeared in the middle of the night <laughs> and I mean he reached out about six months later we found out what happened but he asked to see us and I, I uh, went to see him when I was six and I came back he lived in LA and, and I from Pittsburgh and uh, when I came home I felt an emptiness and a worthlessness I wouldn't wish upon anybody ever <laughs> it felt like someone ripped my heart on my chest and that's the first time I asked the question, you know, what is the point of all this? We're going to suffer. And then the part of my brain was just like, oh, that's a fascinating question. What is the meaning of life? I wonder if we can answer that. So I just so happened to study psychology and philosophy and religion and all these other fields for decades. And I have been working as an executive advisor for, you know, CIOs, CDOs, and so forth over the years in my career. And I was transitioning between jobs. And I was thinking about, like, what I'd say some sort of inspirational, like, going away speech or whatever. And I was like, well, you know, life is really about, and I just started listing these ideas. And so I thought, oh, my God, like, this is like a list. I started thinking, like, what are the keys to success? And I was like, wait a second, no, 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 what's the point of it all? It kind of called back to that younger question. So I said, actually, you know, you could break down how life works. Uh, what is the meaning of life and how do you find meaning in your life? down to core concepts that you have to master and i was working over it took me seven years to write the darn thing but i did come out last year and so uh, yeah it ended up being there were eight core concepts that underlie all humans a sense and all uh, theoretically all living organisms if we could tell what they were sensing <laughs> but uh yeah. but, but all human sense of purpose and meaning in their lives and if you master those eight you'll find more meaning in your life
1: oh i love it well nathaniel this is great and i really appreciate that background and So sorry to hear about your experience at such a young age. But, you know, we've got some questions. Let's jump into it. The first one is, Nathaniel, I mean, how are emotions such as happiness are indicators of the growth and prosperity that you're talking about?
0: Sure. So just some background for your audience. The eight factors are growth, experience, desire, belief, emotions, ethics, support, and choice. So that's the context what you're describing is that the meaning of life is growth, it's to grow. And a lot of people think that the meaning of life is happiness or to be happy, right? And that's actually kind of a misnomer. I mean, the more accurate way of describing it is the meaning of life is to find what makes you happy. And the reason why is that emotions are your indicator of your growth or harm, right? If you're happy, if you're in love, if you're excited, you're growing, you're thriving, you're having new experiences. If you're sad, or depressed, or you're even scared, you're either I just had a harm or a loss and so you feel bad about it, or you're expecting the fear, expecting a harm or a loss and so you're scared. And so all your emotions are an indicator of your relationship toward growth or harm. Now what's cool about emotions is that emotions you can actually dissect any emotion you have down to three core factors. It's a formula like two plus two equals four. The formula is emotions equals desire plus belief plus experience. And if you did notices there's three of the other eight factors. <laughs> so it's actually a combination yeah. of the other ones. And so just to give you a quick example, jealousy, for example, you want a person or thing. That's the desire. You believe you deserve that person or thing. <laughs> More importantly, you believe that someone else does not deserve that person or thing. <laughs> and then you have the experience yeah. of seeing that person with that person or thing that you want. And so that combination causes jealousy. If you don't want to feel jealous anymore just tell yourself that that person does deserve that person or thing and you'll switch from jealousy to admiration or get yourself away from that experience and it'll hurt less. You know, you'll feel less jealousy because you won't be seeing it or you Tell yourself you don't want that person or thing anymore and you can convince yourself that, you know, it doesn't feel bad because you don't actually want the thing that you thought you wanted. So any of those factors will change your emotional state. So happiness is just your, it's an indicator that you're growing and thriving unless you're hacking it with, you know, drugs or addictions. We'll put that aside for now. And it's a combination of wanting a good, healthy life, you know, friends, family, whatever it is that you want in life, believing that you have it because you're experiencing it, and then you know having that experience collectively that's what signals back to you that you're happy.
1: I love it. I love it how you shared with us that formula for emotions and how it breaks down to really desire, belief, and expressions. Mm-hmm. And I mean I hate to say of those three But which one would you say, Nathaniel, is the most important out of desire, belief, and expressions that control our emotions? Because we see so many emotions with people and their money and their goals and their career. If you were to pull one of the three, which one do you think it would be?
0: Well, most people would say that it's their experiences that are the biggest factor to emotions. And if you want to go with all living uh, organisms, you know the core... You know, what you learn in psychology and basic biology, right? Stimulus response, right? So if you replace the word stimulus with experience, because it's stimulus occurs through an experience, right, then basically your emotions are in a reaction to your experience in the world around you. However, we are human beings. We have advanced brains. We can actually control what we perceive and how we feel and all these other things. And so actually, if you and I'm just going based on if you go to the self-help section in a bookstore, what's the number one thing they tell you to do? to eliminate negative beliefs so if you go by wisdom of crowds there from the self-help section you would argue it's clearly beliefs, because the beliefs are the things that cause you to feel bad, right? Like if you believe that you're never gonna love again, then you're gonna feel miserable. You know, if you if you believe you'll never be wealthy, since that's what this is about, then you're gonna be miserable or you're or you'll play the lottery or do something that's actually not very fiscally responsible. So it's those beliefs that trigger probably most of your bad feelings and also cause you to some strange or bizarre behaviors.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, that's great. That's great. And then help us understand about analyzing and taking inventory of our individual lives and how we can sort of close that gap about those limiting beliefs. What are some brain hacks or some strategies that our listeners can do to sort of become the optimal person that they desire within their mind?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Just a little bit of background on on how I define beliefs in the book. So A belief is anything that you assume to be true, right? So a subset of those beliefs is knowledge, right? So knowledge is a subset of beliefs. It's what you know to be true because you can prove, right? And so anything that you don't know, but you assume to be true is that, you know, a full on belief. And so basically, in order to break beliefs, beliefs are like habits, right? You can't really get rid of a habit without replacing it with another habit, right? And so belief is kind of that way, right? So you can't get rid of a belief necessarily without replacing it with a different belief so the best way to get rid of limiting beliefs to have a more positive outlook is to basically gang up on that belief with a bunch of other beliefs that are contradicting it because then you'll experience what psychologists call cognitive dissonance where your reality your your beliefs don't match up and something's got to give and so for example if you think that and i always give the example i put it in the book where if you don't think you'll ever become a millionaire you can actually break it down to a belief that. Well, wait a second. Let's do the math on this. All I'd have to do is, you know, say you are playing the lottery, just for sake of argument. So you play the lottery. It's like I've seen the lottery be as much as like six dollars a day now. Those big scratch super duper ticket things, and it's like if you put that six dollars per day in an account, in an investment account, and saved it, at, you know, assuming the average like ten percent of the stock market of the year over a forty year period, you would literally be a millionaire. So that belief that you can never do it is actually completely ridiculous on its face when you look at the statistical facts of how much you'd have to put in and how much you could get out based on how long you would invest. And so the truth, again, whatever you assume to be true, right? You assume it to be true because that's all you know. But when you get additional information or competing beliefs or whatever, you can break down those negative beliefs and move them or change them to more positive beliefs. Oh, I love it. I love it.
1: And Nathan, to dig a little deeper. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I just really love that the beliefs and the positive beliefs. We live in a really negative world. I mean, you turn on the TV, you turn on the app in the morning and you want to just climb back in bed, you know, (laughs) and or think less. But, you know, what are, you know, some additional steps, daily habits that some of our listeners can do to get to that positive, happy belief system?
0: Yeah, that's a tough one because I mean the only way to truly tune all that stuff out is to basically become a hermit right <laughs> and avoid the world entirely yeah. and you can't do that if you want to live in a civilized society and have relationships and things yeah. um, so I mean there are a few things you can do I mean the first thing you can do is just choose what you put your attention on I mean that's the number one there thing you go. and I picked that out because a lot of people will look at my list and go well Nate what about people in prison and things they don't have choice they don't on this they don't know that and it's like well They don't control much, but they can control what they focus their attention on. And so so that's pretty much one of the few things you will always have control over no matter what. And so, you know, make the choices. I mean, if the news is bothering you, then find a different news source. You know, I mean, I'm not saying find one that just spouts your beliefs back at you, although that's what most people do. And I'm not excluding myself from that either. But find more positive news sources, right? Or you can curate your news now, right? You can only get news that you want to see. And all those trackers and things are determining what you look at. So stop looking at this stuff and they'll stop sending it to you. So you do stuff like that. Uh, you can focus on the more positive or constructive aspects of, of your life you can focus more on your goals and more time meditation is really popular it's supported by both spirituality but also psychology that basically and from a spiritual sense you know you talk about getting in touch with your higher self and so forth but even ignoring all that just from a pure psychological standpoint basically all meditation does is it shuts your brain off so you stop obsessing which reduces your stress which reduces your negative thoughts, which you know, takes you to a neutral state so you can then move forward in a positive state. So there are a whole set of things you can do. One of the things I'd highly recommend for probably for your audience if uh, uh, with a lot of uh, well-focused people probably hustling all day, I would get some sleep. The number one thing that causes you to be irritable and have negative thoughts is not having enough sleep because your brain naturally becomes irritable on edge and starts to be more negative. It also makes you eat more. So if you, <laughs> that's another positive thing <laughs> about sleeping is is that lack of sleep causes you to eat more. So if you want to take care of that, just sleep a little bit more, and you'll actually be less likely to have that issue as well. So those are some things you can do. Also, don't forget about things like sunlight and fresh air. You don't don't stay in. I mean, especially with COVID. You know, make sure you get out and breathe a little bit and get some of that. Uh, it's really important for your well-being, vitamin D from the sun and things like that. Um, so it's those kinds of behaviors. I mean, exercise and those sorts of things are all really good because of the endorphins. Um, so just try to keep that. I know it sounds like some basic stuff, but it really is the blocking and tackling of your life to really keep yourself in good spirits.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. I love those steps that you said. Meditation, stop stressing, thoughts, sun, fresh air, breathe, exercise. Right. Just love it. One final question while we've got you. And folks, remember, you know, the book is called The Meaning of Life. Just a great book that's out there. It can also be downloaded and listened to. But, you know, why, and we're just seeing it in so many people, both at the workplace and also inside some of these families, but why is the current generation, is the generation is the purpose, and why is so many out there having a crisis of purpose today?
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because it's a double-edged, I don't know if it's a double-edged sword, but there are two sides of this. (laughs) So (laughs) they call it the meaning generation or the purpose generation, right? But then they also say one's going through a crisis of meaning or crisis of purpose, right? And so how does that duality exist? And the answer is the same thing, right? The previous generations had a built-in sense of meaning, right? It was help your following generation. Uh, be better off than your generation, right? I mean, I know my grandparents were like that and I'm sure everyone's, you know, was where it's like literally to survive and build a life and then make a good life for your kids, maybe have them go to college and, you know, be successful and things like that, right? And so that was like the built-in meaning of the last generation and then even just survival before then and, you know, (laughs) people wiping out from the plague and stuff, like totally, like, All you had to worry was about survival. But now we're at this generation, I think, is a tipping point. And that tipping point is this. There are two competing things. First of all, they are well off. So it's not like, oh, I want to make a better life for my kids because it's like, but wait, I got a good life. And my kids are having a good life. So, yeah, that's taken care of. Uh, (laughs) So there you go. But the sex, so that's not built in. So now you got to find, well, what else is there? But there's a second side of this, and it's more important. And, you know, the rise of things like helicopter parenting and stuff. I mean, I don't mean to oversimplify this, but one of the messages that I think children get is you don't have to do anything. I'll do everything for you. Your life is basically handed to you, and all you have to do is, you know, whatever it is you want to be happy. And the one problem with that message that's causing the crisis of meaning is i mean basically it's causing boredom like what is a life is just a bunch of pleasures and then once you get over those temporary highs like going to see a concert or maybe you experiment with you know drugs and things which is a high percentage of people who are quote unquote bored as teenagers right they don't feel any meaning in their lives because they're not experiencing growth right they're just existing and a hedonistic lifestyle with these helicopter parents telling them well don't do anything just have fun and be happy and don't worry about you know you're perfect just the way you are you don't have to improve and it's like okay but you're actually kind of hurting them by not teaching them the value of hard work and growth and being better and self improvement and helping others and all these other things you're teaching them to be selfish and to not do anything and so as a result you have this meeting generation because they're actually well off and now uh, they need to find meaning in their jobs and their careers and their lives by helping others and helping basically humanity because there's plenty of humanity that's not you know living on a dollar a day or whatever so there are plenty of people who are not at the state that, you know, civilized, or not civilized, sorry, what was the word? Uh, industrialized, that's what I meant, sorry. <laughs> Did not mean civilized, yeah. industrialized societies, that's what I meant. <laughs> industrialized societies. Are so you can help that, and you try to that's why everyone's trying to make a world a better place. And that's what everyone's having these big goals and visions because that's what gives you meaning. That's like the next level of meaning for the generation. But to avoid the crisis of meaning, you just got to rewire yourself or teach your kids or whatever it is that you're facing this. Make sure that they focus on growth, development, helping others, benefiting themselves, benefiting others, being better, helping the world be a better place. Those are the things that matter. Get them to work hard, get them. And I don't mean work hard as in like painstaking work. I mean stuff that they care about, like, you know, being better football player, being better artist, or being better musician or being better with numbers or whatever it is they love to do. Get them to see the value of mastering a skill or a set of skills, and they will feel the meaning and purpose in getting better. And helping others and helping themselves uh, be better. So that's what's causing both the crisis of meaning, but also why we're the meaning generation because they're looking for that next level of greater meaning. And just so everyone knows on the line, definition of greater meaning is meaning beyond yourself. And if you're getting my point, the only logical conclusion, no matter what you believe spiritually, is helping others. That is literally the, (laughs) that's all you can do to have greater meaning is help other people. And that's what greater purpose is. So that's why we are in that generation.
1: Hey, Nathaniel, this has been great. So grateful to have you jump on and to help us understand. as you say it, you know, each one of us is here for a reason. And, Mm -hmm. you know, thank you so much for providing some insight on the purpose generation and why we need to break through this crisis of purpose, and the solution is we need to serve, help out, reach out to others, and do good. It's just awesome, and so, so thankful. And Nathaniel, thank you for everything. Listeners, please remember to rate, review, like, and go to wealthcom to get tools, tips, and other videos and resources that help you live a life of significance.
0: This episode of the Arista Wealth podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more advice on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle so you can focus on living your dreams. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.